0: All right, welcome to another episode of To The Fullest with Jason Froberg. Today, my guest, freelance drummer, Carl Ciedella. How you doing, Carl?
1: I'm doing great. How are you?
0: I am fantastic, man. Enjoying the day. Uh, You know, I'm looking forward to uh, talking to you about drums and Kiss and Van Halen. Star Wars. Uh, Star Wars. (laughs) You know I love Star Wars, man.
1: Me too. Me too. Especially like the original. I'm a big... A Ridge Tridge fan, you know? Oh yeah, because I'm—I was born in '71, so you know, I saw it at the theater, episode four. So not to show my age, but oh man, I'm jealous. Yeah, well, I think that has a lot to do with how you feel about the movies when you saw them in your life. You know, like if if you were a kid in '99 or 2003 and you saw those the 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 prequels, then I guess those would be more special to you because I think kids. Uh, that saw the prequels. I think the original ones would bore them to a certain extent because there's not as much action. There's more dialogue. You know what I mean? Then it's like the, the prequels were like video games almost with all the
0: yeah, all the CGI and mm-hmm. the craziness going on. Yeah, the originals were such better stories, though, man. I mean, it's really it's a, a classic. It's not even it was sort of good versus evil, but like both right. sides really feel like they're doing the best thing for the galaxy and. You know, kind of gives you that whole perspective of uh, the good versus evil argument. Absolutely,
1: characters were better too. I think characters had more more depth to them and, and uh, more of an arc. Yeah. You know? Um. So yeah.
0: Yeah, I'm a big original trilogy fan myself. I usually watch the original release, like the 1977 version of Episode Four. Right. I have uh, I have copies all three of those that are still. They're just fantastic. I mean, the, those movies won. Uh, special effects awards, uh, those years yeah, sound, and right? sound awards. Ben Burr, I think his name was. Yeah, it was fantastic what they did uh, for for the times, sure. and they still hold up today. I mean, of course, the videos that they remastered look great, but they it it kind of changes the whole vibe of the movie. All that extra right. CGI they added in, right?
1: Absolutely, absolutely, and. and to me, they stuck out. Some people said, well, I couldn't even tell what was there before and what wasn't. You talk about the special editions, right? Yeah. To me, they stuck out. They, Big and time. He, and he added stuff that was just unnecessary. You know, putting a rock in front of R2-D2, how does that, how does that better the story? You know what I mean? Or, or, or I don't know, enhance it. I just didn't get it. I think he was just, I don't think he needed money, but I mean, I just think he was just bored and looking for ways to reissue these things with new footage or whatever. And
0: Oh, yeah. You know. And uh, and for me, I mean, that's when I really got, I mean, I've always been into it my whole life, but I was born in 85. So when the special editions came out, it was like this big reintroduction. I was able to go see all the movies in theaters. Right, right. That's right. when I started, like, getting all the toys and everything, collecting it all. But, um, you know, uh, when I went back to the 77 uh, version of episode four, uh-huh. like, especially when they're in Tatooine, man, and it's just so desolate. Like, right. when they're walking through that town, there's not freaking Jawas falling off of big monsters right. and all that stuff going on. It's really desolate and dull and the sand's blowing. And then you make it into the cantina. And oh, that's where everybody is because right. it's the freaking desert. So everyone's inside
1: it's drinking. It's the only place to go. Yeah. You know, unless they're flying out of somewhere or something. But, yeah, for sure, for sure. That yeah. And that all feeds into the story. And then when you change that, it's just, I don't know, it's just... It, Takes away from it, I think. You know, it does. But there's a lot of people out there who love those versions. So I guess it's all personal opinion. You know, what you like is what you like. And uh, did you get the uh, the specialized version of those movies? What do you mean the specialized version? <laughs> uh, if you go on eBay, they're called the the despecialized version. It's um, I believe they took because this is when you could when you couldn't buy the original versions on on DVD. Um, they took. I think it from the laser discs, the original movies from laser discs, oh. and they enhanced those, but they didn't add the extra footage. They enhanced the picture and the qua- and the sound, but they kept the original story, or the original. I'm sorry, the original uh, prints or whatever of them. So a lot of people, I don't have those, but I heard they're they're really cool.
0: Despecialized specialized edition. Yep. Yeah. Oh, you can just go watch it. They're free to watch. I think so. I, I could not there's archive.org. I actually have a website pulled up real quick I can oh, show you here. Yeah, archive.org slash Star Wars Despecialized Edition. I can't push play obviously on this. Right, but right. Uh, yeah, you can you can download it right here. Oh, that's cool. cool. Yeah,
1: yeah. And I, I think they enhanced just the the picture and the sound, but it's the it's the original version of it. it the best quality you can get. You know, that's, that's available. awesome.
0: So I'm going to have to look into getting a nice version of that that I like. I know also there was, um, what was it? They they did the prequels where they cut all the bullshit out or they like chopped it into like a reasonable movie at some point. There was that. The,
1: the Jar Jar they took out? They or?
0: took, yeah, people took out all the <laughs> Jar Jar bullshit.
1: And okay, the, I haven't seen those. Yeah, I haven't heard of those.
0: I think that's one of the things you can watch on YouTube where they cut all the prequels into like, two hours, and they're like, here's, made him cooler. here's the information you need from the prequels without wasting six and a half hours of your life or whatever right, it ends right. up being. Uh, what did you think of the new ones, man?
1: Uh, I was excited uh, when, um, uh, what was the first one called? Right. Uh, I, the, it was Rise of Skywalker, There's The Last Jedi, and the first one was... Um, Empire this, Strikes Back 2? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. This tells you a lot about how how I feel about him. Can't remember the name of it. Yeah,
0: I can't either. Uh, right the Force way. Awakens. The Force Awakens.
1: I was excited at first, it was, you know, especially because you know they had Harrison Ford coming back and everything. But I, what happened to me is when I saw in the theater, it was so bizarre. I'm sitting there, and my girl, my fiance Marie, she 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 likes the prequels for some reason, you know, and she's like my age, so I don't understand it, but she likes the <laughs> love story between, uh, uh, you know. Padme and Anakin. Yes, yep. So anyway, so we're watching it, and all of a sudden, when you see Harrison Ford and you see Carrie Fisher, you realize, man, I'm getting old because, like, because you know Harrison Ford was my hero as a kid. You know, Han Solo. I used to dress, dress up as Han Solo when I was six years old, and we used to play around the block and sh- you know shoot each other. And and I'm looking at him, going, man, it's just he's old, and I feel old. It kind of like bummed me out. But I, but I, I did like the Force Awakens. I thought was the, was the best one out of the three. Yeah. But the other ones, eh, I just, I don't know. I just couldn't get into it. Yeah, the I whole series
0: it. was a little, I thought I thought, uh, what they did with the third one, after they kind of wrote themselves, they kept getting new people to write it, new people to direct it. Right. After the episode eight, right, the second one of the final trilogy, it was like there was this huge hole they had written themselves into. Yeah. And it, there's a lot of stuff that they hadn't explained properly. Yep. and then they did their damnedest on the third one. I thought to kind of put it all in a nice package and yeah. tie it off the bow. And uh, yeah, they did. I thought
1: they did a decent enough job of that, where well, they they JJ ended fixed it properly. It yeah. as much as he could. And, you know, it seems like you know JJ did the first one, then the second one. It's almost like he he ignored everything because I guess JJ had uh, plans or uh, an outline of what he wanted to do for the next movie. And um, what's the director for the, second, for the other director? You got to look it yeah, up. Yeah, uh, uh, that's exactly
0: what it is, right? Uh, I just don't like those movies that much. I think I've seen them all once.
1: Yeah, me too. Me too. I didn't buy them or anything. Uh, I can't remember the director for the second movie. Hang on a looking. second. I'm
0: getting it right now. i off the interwebs here. Uh, Ryan
1: Johnson. Ryan Johnson. Right. Yeah. So he, it seems like he ignored everything that JJ wanted to do and took it in his direction and as a result it was just all over the place and then the third one JJ seemed like he had to put it all back together as best as he could cuz he killed killed snoke in the second one right and that was going till everybody wanted to know who is this guy where is he from and all of a sudden he's dead you know and then like <laughs> and so he was like okay JJ here you go figure out what you're going to do uh, so
0: that's funny yeah, I guess Ryan Johnson did stuff like uh Knives Out, Looper. What else did yeah. he do that I like? Oh, Breaking Bad. Yeah, he, he did, did some, some good b- stuff. He did some Breaking Bad three episodes of that. And he did so yeah, I guess he's done some pretty decent stuff. But yeah, those I mean Star Wars is such I I think the problem with it is we all hold it in such high esteem. Yeah, like those first three movies, especially the first two. Like Jedi was great, but you know the, all the Ewoks fighting giant robots is kind of like okay, right, right, unbelievable. Kind yeah, of uh, the whole fate of the universe depends on Ewoks beating up the Empire for a second. I, they should have done Wookies.
1: That would have been cool if it yeah. was Wookies. That was that would be believable that they took down the Empire. But you know, I think he at that point he wanted to sell toys.
0: That's what he was doing. That's yeah. where all his money was coming from.
1: Aiming at the uh, the you know ten year olds, whatever.
0: Yeah, man. They did a good uh, job of uh, Kashik on the third one, right? They went back and he was, yeah. Yoda was hanging out with yep. Chewie, and yep. they had a pretty cool battle
1: sequence there, man. Which looked a lot like um, the holiday special. <laughs> oh, Remember, right. they, they show Kashyyyk on the holiday special when you go back to Jabaka's house.
0: Oh, that holiday special is absurd. I watch it every year Do for you? Christmas. Just- oh, yeah. Angela hates it. She's just like, oh, my <laughs> God, we got to put this piece of shit back on. And I'm like, well, I have to, it's a tradition. You have
1: to watch the well, the yeah, worst thing ever it's, made. It's campy. It's very kiss. You know, it's like Kiss Meets the Phantom. Yeah, it's like yeah. campy, but uh, the Harvey Corman part is just unbelievable. In that, the, where he's cooking. Oh Remember? God! He's, yeah, he's dressed in drag. He has, all, he has
0: all the arms. Yeah, that's so bizarre. The yeah. first like 20 minutes, there's not even dialogue. It's just Wookiees Noises. barking at yeah. each other. I can't, I don't know how high George Lucas was when he wrote that movie, but he was very high. And he's definitely doing something, uh, you know, he was out there for sure. Yeah, that thing is ridiculous. I, uh, I love the Star Wars Christmas special. Though. But
1: I, I recommend everybody watch it. Oh, I yeah. Think you, should, you know, watch it at Christmas time. Maybe uh, do whatever you do to relax and, and put it on. On May the 4th,
0: I always say it's a part of uh, in between episode four and episode five. Yeah, I got to watch the Christmas special.
1: Cause... <laughs> and you make your wife sit through it, right? Yeah. Dude? <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, uh, yeah, anyways, uh, why don't you tell me a little bit about uh, Sin City Kiss? You guys just played a show over at uh, Count's Vamp, May yeah, 8th.
1: Yeah, we um we did a, um, well, in 2020, because obviously everything was shut down. So we did do a um, a, a New Year's show in Arizona at, at oh. a, the Wicopa Casino in Arizona and um, it was great. It was a little bit of a long drive but we got there and they gave us, we all had our own room for two nights because we had to get there. They wanted us to get there th- that day and, and set up and play that night. It was like, no, we, we need a day to get there and set up you yeah. know, comfortably and get some rest. So um, they took care of us. You know, They gave us, we all had our room, we got there, we set up and then the next day we did a sound check like 11 in the morning and it was very comfortable, um, played, you know, they, I think they had like 50% capacity though for that, for that night, for New Year's. And, um, so we did that show and then we, the next show was Count's Phantom, which was last Saturday. How'd that go? It was, it was great. It was packed. And I, that's, that's actually the first time I think I met you is when you were doing sound, you're a sound guy there. Yeah. And, uh, and Remember when I first met you, you were kind of quiet. I'm like, I don't know if this guy's cool or not cool. And but then once I started talking, I was you, high. Oh, okay, that's what it was. <laughs> <laughs> I knew there had to be explanations somewhere, uh, but but yeah, it went great. We had, we had a great time, it was a lot of fun. Uh, we took pictures for 30 minutes of people afterwards, and uh, and of course, I had to work the next day. You know, everybody else in the band has they work, they're off Saturday, Sundays. I'm the only, you know guy that has to work weekends because I, I work at mandalay bay I'm a bartender so i get different days off all the time and so i had to get up the next day and go to work which is a little tough but caffeine does wonders you know it does so yeah but other than that um, we have a show coming up june 5th i think it is at ac have you heard of av av vegas it's called
0: yeah of course yeah i've, I've heard of baby vegas they got the streaming thing going on right
1: I, you know i don't know a lot about it what is what's it all about is
0: it, it's a cool uh they do club. a big live stream no it's a it's a production uh warehouse oh really and they have this huge setup and a really nice stage and uh yeah they do live streaming okay And so it'll be a, a nice like filmed production that you guys are gonna put together
1: but there's selling. I think they're selling tickets for it though
0: yeah they uh like they started letting people in for like the crowd response and everything like that oh, okay. and then they were able to I think start selling tickets I'm not I'm not a expert on the the deal yeah. I went over there with um Mark Broughton from Foundry, okay, and I went and helped them do a show with uh, the AV Vegas crew, okay, uh, and yeah, we had they had like I don't know, 30, 50 people somewhere in there, yeah. hanging out in the warehouse watching the show and that's cool. Yeah, it was it's it's groovy. They got a great setup going on over there. Dude, that's great, good to great know.
1: Great team, yeah. So you, you guys you be in good hands. Great, yeah. So I think that's June fifth, um, and uh, who knows after that? You know. Um, Trying to think, I also uh, I played another Kiss tribute with Scotty Griffin. Uh, I kiss, love Scotty. Kiss this Scotty. Yeah, he's 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 a funny dude. He's a character, man. He's a rock star for sure. Oh yeah. Um, so we got our own another little thing going on there. We do most of our shows are out of town though. With that, you know, so. Yeah, you guys
0: just did the Rockstar Bar. That was yeah. my that was my first uh, that was my first day at the Rockstar Bar. Was Kiss this, Which, and then Scotty and the Griffins.
1: Yeah, Scotty and the Griffins. Yeah. yeah, we're the Griffins. I guess I'm I'm one of the Griffins. Uh, I was impressed with that place. The stage it really was cleanest stage i have ever seen. You know, there's not one speck of, of lint on the ground. I'll give it time. Yeah, right. It's true. It's, and wood from this drumsticks. Uh, but yeah, so I I really like that place. It's a you know, how many people that place hold? Like 200 or 150?
0: Yeah, probably something like that, like 200, 150, something. It might even be a little higher than 200 once the the restrictions are dropped. Sure, but it's a good sp- it's a good spot, and the guys running it are, uh, are the guys that own it are they're nice guys, and they really yeah. want to they want to do something cool. So I- I'm. I'm super down to help them do something cool with the uh the rock scene out here, man.
1: Absolutely. And they give us a nice big dressing room downstairs, you know. Yeah Oh yeah, they have that had, elevator down there, right? Yeah, plenty of room to get ready, which is rare, you know. So I, I really dug it there. I hope you play there again sometime.
0: Yeah, I'm sure you will, man. You guys had a great turnout and it was a great show. Yeah. I dig the the kiss this thing that you're doing, man. Yeah. It's the uh it's it's supposed to be, if I'm not mistaken, like the original like seventies Kind of like die barish kiss.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's supposed to be like we, the way we dress, especially. Yeah. We try to dress down like they did before they were before they were signed or before they get on the road and did the costumes. We do like it almost looks like we we made homemade because you know how like Kiss did that. They did like Lydia would would make a T-shirt for Peter or Ace's mom. I think made a Kiss shirt, and so we try to like dress like that instead of the big costumes. We still play. All eras a kiss, though you know we still do like uh, you know the '70s or uh, you know like stuff off Destroyer and Love Gun, but but look wise we tried to downplay it a little bit, which is just a different take on it. Yeah. And when we did the residency at uh, the Rio, um, we incorporated video history of the band in between songs we would do video history of kiss that's awesome which was made it more broke it up a little bit you know gave the fans who if somebody wasn't real familiar with them it filled them in with the history of the band and stuff so that was kind of cool too
0: yeah, I'm a huge, huge Kiss fan. I got a big Kiss tattoo that we're doing on my back, a yeah, big portrait Yeah, you showed piece. it to yeah. me, it pretty,
1: pretty wild.
0: Yeah, I, uh, my buddy Ray Eversol up in Oregon has been doing that for me, I fly-up once a year, and he does a different face. Oh, really? Yeah, so That's now we're wild. getting ready to do some background. I actually, I'm thinking, uh, we'll probably start on the uh, the other side of my my back because it went down one shoulder right right we're doing star wars on the other side
1: yeah yeah so Are you gonna put the emperor on your back
0: yeah i want to do like a darth vader with the emperor kind of in his helmet like emperor's cloak meets Darth vader's yeah. helmet kind of mash thing
1: that'll be betcha and for I'll sure. fill the
0: whole thing up with black and stars around them all and smoke and like, like the background will be the same
1: yeah it's like your whole childhood on your back
0: yeah <laughs> it's gonna be awesome man total dorky ass like portrait piece very but yeah, cool. I love KISS, man. And the history of KISS stuff is, that's a that's a big perk for me whenever I'm going to a show. If I can learn another tidbit about KISS, right, I'm super right. down.
1: Absolutely. I mean, you know, I, like I said, I was born in 71. So my first memories is like going to my, my friend uh, Michael Burke's house. And he had like all the posters on his walls and he was cranking alive, and and I was just like totally taken by it. And then next thing you know, in my bedroom—I used to go, you know, when they had all the magazines at the grocery store, with every one was Kiss, and they had oh, has a poster in it or two posters in it or a Kiss magazine with all posters. You know, and uh, my whole bedroom was was Kiss. You know, and and I used to play the the vinyl, and uh, yeah, I was totally obsessed with Kiss. You know, for up until up until dynasty i dug dynasty yeah you know and then once unmasked came out i was out and then i started listening to like led zeppelin and deep purple big van halen fan i checked out and then once once creatures came out i checked back in i was like oh this is cool again so and then because i was a big eric still a big eric car fan oh yeah so you know when i heard creatures i heard that drum sound that's right around the time i started playing drums or it, that's what actually what got me interested in playing drums was that album, hearing those drums so I love KISS drums oh yeah, I mean like, you know, especially Creatures and, and, and Animal Eyes and Lick It Up and Eric Carr just totally gave that band a kick in the ass you oh know? big time and, man
0: He's yeah. a hell of a drummer. I love uh the Kiss Alive and Kiss Alive too. Uh, where Peter Chris is just uh it's basically one two three drum fill, one two three <laughs> drum fill. Yeah, and that's one of the, my favorite things to play on drums. If I just want to, you know, smash some skins real quick, man, it's just put on Kiss Alive and just have have at it, man. Sure, that's sure, yeah. Super good time.
1: I used to crank. I used to get uh, my sister used to teach jazzercise, so she had. Uh, a record player with two speakers that were really loud because she had to teach a class, you know, and it'd be loud enough for the whole room. And I used to crank Kiss Alive and play my drums. I don't know how my parents, God bless them, you know, uh, I don't know how they put up with it because because <laughs> the house we had at the time, I was on the second floor. Eventually, I got smart. And I went to the basement, but I was on the second floor, so you had this loud stereo and drums you know, blasting on the second floor of the house. And my mom's downstairs cooking, you know, making sauce, whatever. And it's like, I don't know how they put up with it. I don't know if I could have <laughs> as a parent. <laughs> uh, well, you mentioned uh, you mentioned
0: Van Halen. And I know you do a uh, Van Halen tribute band back east.
1: Yeah, yeah. This started um, back in 1994. Uh, my friend Rob Neubauer, we played in, we and him were in, in our first band together in 1986. We had a band called Stormbringer and we, uh, uh, we played Deep Purple, Black Sabbath, uh, White Snake, a lot of the same kind of genre, and a couple of Van Halen songs here and there. But so me and Rob, we, we've, we've been friends ever since then, and um, we started a, a history band in 94, and we, we basically played in all upstate New York, Pennsylvania, and, um, and uh, we're still together. We st- when I go home every year, because uh, I'm from Niagara Falls, New York, we do a reunion show and uh, usually it's a great turnout and stuff so um, yeah I'm also a huge Van Halen fan you know I mean I, I saw them uh, my, my second concert my first concert was Loverboy oh I love Loverboy which I'm kind of embarrassed to say that but <laughs> oh that's awesome at man. 13 years old I was just happy to go to any concert you know yeah. so, so I saw Loverboy and then uh, I was I was uh, 12 years old and this is when Jump came out right that's when I kind of really started getting into Van Halen I you know I, I was uh, I fell for the cheesy stuff right away with Jump but uh, then I went back and bought the other albums but uh, there was, on Channel 13 there was a contest and it was like send in a postcard and you you can win two front row center tickets to see Van Halen you know this was a 1984 tour and uh, so I did and, part, and I've never won really anything in my life and part of me thinks I was the only one that sent a postcard in in my mind <laughs> so I came up from school one day and my mom was home and I was like she used to always come home after me and I was like, "Why are you home?" And she's like, "Cause of you." And I thought I was in trouble. I started thinking, "What, what did I do? You know, did I, did I get caught? You know, doing something with a girl in high school in the back, you know, room of high school, or did I caught smoking a joint?" So um, she goes, "You won the Van Halen contest." I go, "Wow, really?" She's like, "Yeah, we had to go pick up the tickets." So, and for a second, I thought I got to meet the band, but I didn't. But it's <laughs> it was good enough. So my brother's like, "You know, you could go, but you got to bring your brother." All right, my brother was cool because he's nine years older than me. And uh, so we got a limo that picked us up at our house and drove us to, plus, it was free dinner at a place called the Cloister Restaurant. Oh, nice. In Buffalo, New York. It was like a steak, lobster, steak, you know, turf, surf and turf kind of place. So we got free dinner. Limo picked us up at our house, took us to the restaurant. Um, as we we're sitting down, I look up and Rick James comes walking in. With with a tall blonde chick, right? So, so I'm to take water real quick. Yeah, bro. So I'm like, Joe, my brother. I go, it's Rick James. He's like, go ask him for an autograph, you know, before he gets his food, before he starts eating. So I walk over, you know, I'm 12 years old. Hey, Mr. James, can I have your autograph? Yeah, man. He signed an app for me, and I wish I still had it and now. Oh, you know, oh I don't know what gosh. happened to it. So I got to meet Rick James and come to find out he was going to the concert too. He was going to see Van Halen that night because somebody online said he was in the sound booth watching them that night. So, uh, so yeah, so we got right up front and we're, you know, right there. And like for a 12 year old, that was mind blowing to see your hero, Oh yeah, you know, and they were in their prime at that time. And about halfway through the show, I'm watching, I got my hand up and Eddie comes down and he gives me a wink and he, Put a pick in my hand and people are trying to get the pick from me, right? Of course. Grab it, put it in my pocket. And I held on to that pick the whole show. And he he went like this, you know, winked and gave me a thumbs up. And I was like, you know, high for like a month after that. You know, Eddie Van Halen gave me a pick. I still have that pick too at my house. I still have the ticket stub with the pick. Ah, bro. It's it's yellowing, you know, it's white but it's yellowing now but I still have it so I saved it
0: that's awesome you got it in a, you got it in a frame or anything nice yeah, like that on, have, on display yeah
1: I have it framed at home with the ticket stub and a, an a 8x10 of them from that tour so yeah I, I think I gave my brother one too He probably I, I, nobody like nobody like I'm very nostalgic you are too I know you should get a lot of stuff autographs yeah I'm the same way I save almost everything if it's something cool or meets up to me but like uh, like my friend Jamie he, he doesn't save anything
0: <laughs> and I, the other day I
1: said to him, because he, he's planning on coming out. I've lived here 26 years. He's My best friend in the world, like, he hasn't come out yet. He's afraid to fly, kind of. So, uh, so I said, hey, do you still have that VHS tape from when we played, you know, some, some gig? Oh, I can't. I don't know what happened to it. But, like, I have every show I've ever played at home on VHS or transferred to DVD. You know, I just keep that stuff. I have, like, a library of photos, videos. I'm just very nostalgic like that. But a lot of people aren't. So
0: Yeah, I f- actually found some uh, two shows that I played when I was a teenager be- playing metal and all this uh, back in the day. Right. They were on old VHS tapes yep. when I moved recently. Uh-huh. And so I, I converted them to digital here in the studio. And uh, I, I I need to put them online or something like that yeah, so I could see them. for sure. Yeah, but it was fun, man, seeing myself play when I was like 16, 17 years old.
1: Yeah. It it's, it's, it's takes bright. you back. It's, yeah. And then you think, man, time goes fast. Because you remember it like yesterday, you know? Um, Oh, yeah.
0: I remember we were playing, uh, what was it? We got to play inside of a Tower Records back when there were still Tower Records. Yeah. And they were selling our CDs as an independent. In Vegas? Yeah, out in California. Okay. And uh, and then our fans trashed the place. and they <laughs> took our CDs down right. I went in the next day to like buy a CD from Tower Records, yeah, of my you know, my CD. I thought it would be the coolest thing to go and right. buy my own CD when I was a kid. right. And they had them all in the back, and they were <laughs> pissed at us.
1: Where they they yeah. trashed
0: the store? Yeah, we told them, man, like they put they put like a thing of CDs right in front of us when we were gonna play. They were like put a display out like, you know of like top 40s right. crap. Whatever they you know they were trying to sell CDs to our fans and I was just like that's gonna get destroyed I was like they're gonna they're gonna start bumping shoulders and moshing right right, right. and try to warn them yeah I was I was real upfront about it they're like well they better not and I was like well what do you want me to, I mean we right. can tell them not to mosh but they're gonna mosh man that's right. what people do at a metal show right. And sure as shit, they they ended up throwing that rack across the store and trashing the whole store. CDs are flying everywhere, oh, and there's man. so many like underage kids surrounding the building, just getting drunk and high the whole night. And yeah, they were pissed at us, man. I it, it bet. It lasted one day. He had wild, wild fans, yeah. crazy fans. Metal man, you know? Yeah. Freaking yeah. yeah! What are you gonna do? What year was that about? Um, I want to say like. 2000, 2001, probably, like okay. like real early 2000s, because I was like 16, 17, so yeah, I'd be about 2001, maybe, and uh, yeah, that's all we were doing, is getting fucked up and playing metal every weekend, that's yeah, all there was to do. Fun. Yeah. yeah.
1: mosh. I was always too small in the mosh, I never got nowhere near the mosh bed, oh, like, yeah. you know, uh, I'll get hurt, I know that, I'll end up with a broken arm or something, and, you know. That's what happens. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it does, black eyes, broken nose, Teeth missing, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I got time for that. <laughs> I remember
0: there was a uh, there was a punk rock show when I was a kid, and uh, at the punk rock shows, like they, the the bands would rent out like a small auditorium, uh-huh. and they were doing their own security and everything. So nobody's taking chains, no one's taking spikes, and so everyone's in full punk rock gear, and they're moshing. And this kid had a one of those huge metal shoulder pad spikes go right in his friggin' oh eye. God. And I didn't really? take his eye out or anything, he like slid, but you, you see him out just blood pouring out of his eye socket. And You're that's like, fun to him, huh? Yeah, <laughs> and he's just so proud of himself, metal, you know, or punk rock, whatever
1: it was at yeah. the time. Yeah. Not testosterone going on. No, it's no, that, that's crazy. It's dangerous, man. It sounds it's really like good it. Day yeah. yeah. I go to a concert to, to you know, I, 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 I can rock out. I like to have a good time and, and enjoy the energy of, of the band, but... I don't want to end up in the hospital after a show.
0: Oh yeah. And now I uh now I sit in the back behind front of house and I have a seat. <laughs> yeah. I'm like I want a
1: seat, man.
0: Like yeah. I'm not interested in standing up for 3 or 4 hours. My knees can't take it anymore.
1: Absolutely. I know. I, I and I love to be able to see, you know. It, like that's one thing about the House of Blues here in Vegas. Yeah. It's like if you if you're not sitting down and, and you're like me, like 5'7, you got to stand in the back. And in the elevated section to see the stage, because just you know, there's always some dude that's like six four in front of me. You oh know? yeah. You know, no matter what show I go, I'm like trying to look around them. So
0: especially the House of Blues here in Vegas, they have all right. those pillars. Yeah. And like, just if you're on the floor, man, it's almost impossible to see the show. Even I'm six two, it's it's a pain in my ass to yeah. see the show.
1: I love the balcony. That's why the balcony rules there. Yeah, the balcony is really great. The sound is good. You can see, looking down in the band, it's really cool. You know. I always try to get balcony seats if I can.
0: Yeah, if they have it open, a lot of times they ended up uh, closing the balcony off just to yeah. m- make sure everybody's compacted into the, right. the lower area. They want it to look full. It's better to look full than to sell seats. Right, right. Absolutely. Yeah. I spent a lot of years working at the House of Blues, actually, when I first moved out here. Uh, what did you do there? I was an audio engineer.
1: Look, just do like you, you remember—did um, you know a security guys? Uh, yeah I knew of, of several of the security teams. you know Jim Jim nunnery you know Jim that he, does sound familiar like a big, big goatee shaved head kind of guy yeah I think I did know Jim Nuttery man yeah he, uh, he was... worked there for a while yeah he's from my hometown but he lived out here but I knew him from back home so I know he worked there for a while just thought maybe you knew him probably I'm terrible
0: with names and I was still drinking back then so it was blurry. uh yeah it was all a blur man <laughs> yep. we would just get we were just drink all day and smoke weed in the parking lot and like no one cared and it was right. a rock club right. and that was kind of half the reason you work at in that industry is so you can just party all day and right. put on concerts and not care and turn a so, few
1: dials Yeah, kick back you know push gear on and off stage and go have a beer <laughs> that's a nice job it's a laid back job you know not too many rules or anything right it sucks oh, yeah. work for a casino there's so many rules you can't do anything
0: Oh, yeah. They're always so concerned about getting sued or, uh, you know, sh- you're just a commodity, really. They're, they have so many employees that oh, there's yeah. no personal vibe to working at a casino,
1: man. Or you got to, you know, you got to like and for a while you can't even like they didn't even want you to fold your arms behind the bar because it sends the customer a signal that you're closed, that you're not, you know, oh, welcoming yeah. them. And it's so like, you kidding me? come on. You know, this yeah. guy's this guy's vomiting on the on the ground over here, and you really think, in the lounge. You really think he cares if I got my arms folded?
0: <laughs> you know what it is? Is uh, somebody complained at one point that someone was standing with their arms behind right, the bar, right. and then they had to come up with the rule to appease the customers? because yep. they're there to make money. You know, they want to keep the customer happy.
1: Yeah, and everyone's always trying to find something to complain about. Yeah, especially if they think they can get something for free. Yeah, you know and like when they walk up to the bar and they have one of those certain type of comp like that, that, that they got from like a, a manager or from a pit boss you know that person's a jerk it's like you complain to get that you know <laughs> it's, it's, there's different types of comps and there's ones that they got from you know uh, you weird like already don't like you you know yeah uh, that's that that's that life we used to always sit
0: um at uh, Mandalay Bay, the bar right across the street from the House of Blues. We'd like to hang out at that bar in the between. Jackalope. Oh, well, the Jackalope for sure. I yeah. used to go there for Dollar Coronas all the time. Yeah, a lot of employees from Mandalay Bay used to go there. Yeah, I love the Jackalope. The Laughing Jackalope. I don't know what happened to the Laughing Jackalope. That building's still
1: closed. Yeah, and that's a great location for, they should make that a rock club. Yeah, they something. should. It's it'd big be enough. Great, yeah, it would be a great location for that. Yeah. No, we would
0: sit across the sports book bar, though. The one where there's okay. the bridge to the Luxor. Yeah. And that bridge to the Luxor is just prime, like, people watching traffic where. Uh-huh all the bachelorette parties are just stumbling all over themselves, <laughs> especially when we're getting off work, you know, the concert's over and it's like two in the morning. Yeah. Everyone's just shit faced and they don't know which direction's up. Right, right. And you can just hang out and have a beer there and watch the disaster of people that are like, we're going to go, we're going to kick Vegas's ass and tear show oh, them yeah. how to party. And it's just like, yeah, good luck with that, bud. Yeah. I've,
1: <laughs> I've I've worked in Mandalay for twenty, it'll be twenty two years, man. I've seen I've seen a lot of crazy stuff. I've oh, seen, I bet. I mean, it's it's like the last line. I think it is in in uh, the Hangover. Some people just can't handle Vegas. That's so true. Oh yeah. Know? People come here, mm-hmm. they just lose their minds. You know. They think they're here, and
0: that gives them the right to be a total dick. Right. And right. they're just like, I'm going to be the biggest jerk in the world,
1: and it's it's like you know you know. You wouldn't go anywhere else and do that. No, you wouldn't. You know, it's. I understand. You know, it's a party town, but you know, you don't got to be full on mor- moron. You know, when you come here.
0: I think they see too many movies, and then people are acting like jerks in movies and trying. and They're yeah. just trying to outdo the movies and outdo the uh, the outrage and the uh, absolutely the extremities of of their party and that uh, they've seen on TV.
1: They want to relive The Hangover when they come here. Yeah, you know, exactly. They want to live
0: like that. You know, it's, it's funny, yeah, and uh, it just makes you look like a dick. You're <laughs> exactly, just, you're just way too drunk. You're drunker than you
1: can handle, and you're you're acting like a complete fool. I got, I got a quick story for you. It's, um, I was working one night at the bar, and this guy comes up to the bar, and he has a paper cup, about half full with hot chocolate in it, right? And the only way you're going to get a paper cup is from a cocktail waitress. We don't when we when you buy a drink at the bar, we give glass, you know. Yeah. So he goes, uh. I, my girl didn't like this. I want to exchange it for something. I go, well, sir, I said, you, she got that from a waitress, and, you know, I can't exchange it. You'd have to talk to the waitress, you know. And he gets pissed off, and he's like, um, he goes, well, uh, just just let me buy a 7-7 seven, seven and whatever, a Corona. And it can't, you know, drinks are expensive nowadays. And, oh, and yeah. So it was like 20-something, 20 like 25 bucks, 26 bucks. So I go, it'll be $26, sir. And he starts swearing at me about the prices. So I go, you know what, sir? Now I'm not serving you nothing. You're you're swearing at me. You're done. You're cut off. I take drinks. Keep swearing. So I call security, right? Security ends up walking this guy out of the building. And and I didn't see this now because they were already gone. But as he was walking out with his girl, his girl must have said something to him. She called him a name or something. You're a jerk, you know. And he smacked her. So security grabs this guy throw him to the ground. This is before like it's different now. You can't do certain things like that anymore. But this is like maybe like 12, 13 years ago. Threw the guy to the ground. The guy bumps his head, cuts his head open. They put him in a holding tank because now he's going to jail. And so so I'm thinking this guy is sitting in a holding tank. He was crying. Crying with a bloody head all because of of half a hot chocolate he didn't like. like. You know what I mean? Like That's the kind of stuff that because he had to be a dick. Right, right. You know. You know, he couldn't have just he went to the waitress and said, "Can I get another one, please? You know, here's a buck. Can I get another drink?" You know, it's that simple. <laughs> it's funny.
0: Yeah, people are crazy, man. And uh and I'm not I'm not excluded from that, you know. I've been a complete asshole plenty of times in my life. I try not to be anymore. I try right. to be more aware of what, you know, my behavior, especially in public.
1: I'm sure uh, alcohol
0: was involved, right? Yeah, a lot, <laughs> a lot, you know, but uh, yeah, I had to, that's why I stopped doing that shit, man. It was, yeah. uh, it was out of control. I used to love it too, man. It was my favorite thing. It's like half the reason I became an audio engineer was so I could drink at work. Really? I, was, well, I wanted a gig that I could party all day, and I was like, oh, well. Make a living in it. I'll make a living, and yeah. I can just, you know. What did you drink? What was your drink of choice? Uh, I liked whiskey a lot, and I also liked Jägermeister a lot. Ooh. And uh, those two just get you really messed up really quick. You mix them? You drink both? I would drink whatever. It just depended on the night. You know, some nights would be Jaeger night, some nights would be a whiskey night. Jeez. uh, But it almost always turned into a Jaeger night because Jaeger mixes really well with energy drink. And so once you start feeling it and you're like, you know, you're like three bands in. And you've been drinking all night, it's like let's start doing Jaeger easy. bombs and Yeah. Yeah, then you get all jacked up on energy drinks. You don't know where you are. You're blacked out but your body's still it's moving like on
1: autopilot. Downer and upper at the same time. Yeah. Right? Dangerous, man. Yeah, for sure. I, I, I can drink Jaeger a little bit. I'm not a big Jaeger guy. I, I, I like it like you said, with with a Red Bull. Yeah. Or um what was the one drink with with Mal- it was Malibu Pineapple Jaeger. I forgot that was what that was called, but those are pretty easy to drink, but um what about whiskey like like American whiskey, Canadian whiskey or bourbon? When do you what did you like in that department?
0: I uh I like Scotch a lot, man. Really uh, big into the Macallan and Glenlivet and stuff like straight that. Straight or otherwise, yeah. Rocks. Straight. Wow. Uh sometimes I'd have it with a little splash of water. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh I was real into the scotch thing, but uh, for the most part, I mean, that was towards the end. Like, for really, I was drinking Jack Daniels, you know, rock and roll stuff. <laughs> and then I remember uh, when, I, when I was at Beauty Bar, Beauty Bar is where I started really going, I got to stop drinking so much. And I yeah. do the three months sober and then fall off the wagon and then, you know, yeah. four months sober, fall off the wagon game until you it finally cool figure place. it out. Yeah, and we would drink uh, everything at that place, man. They would just be ma- mixing all kinds of fruity cocktails, and you can't taste the alcohol at all. And they right. just, be, you know, there's, there's there's no bar tab for the sound guy, and they're just bringing you the booze constantly. Try this, try this, try this, try right. this, try
1: this. Is that place uh, still open?
0: No, it
1: got shut down, man. Did they have live bands there too? Oh, oh yeah, that's what they? I was doing
0: there. Okay, it was live bands. So we would have. Um, they have that big space in the back. Yeah, that's what I. It was, most. it was basically in an alley with a fence blocking the right. homeless people from creeping in. But they'd still get in, man. <laughs> yeah, you <they'd> know, still <laughs> jump the fence or
1: whatever. Or <laughs> oh yeah,
0: they'd find a way in, you know. Yeah. And uh, and we'd have security everywhere, but the, you know those you know we're they're drinking too, so it's not it's not a perfect system. It's just a right. big party. We're all young people just partying and and trying to run a club, which is hard. Yeah. Uh, and we didn't treat it, like, with the respect it deserved. But right. that's why it was so much fun there. Yeah. And, uh, no, there was, yeah, so out in the alley, we had a big uh, big PA system and this shit stage that's falling apart. And we put on shows out there. We have big bands out there, too, man. Okay, because
1: I was only at that place once or twice, and I, I don't think there was ever a band there when I, when I was there. Oh, yeah. For, but I wasn't in there a lot. I was only there once, you know, we were downtown, we just popped in. Just check it out. But I remember that area in the back. I remember that. Yeah, they are, that was fun, man.
0: And uh, and we had a stage inside, too, for the smaller shows. Uh-huh. So, and, like, the karaoke nights and stuff like that. And, yeah, it was a blast. I loved running that place, man. That was one of the funnest times of my life, dude. Like, I was probably, like, 23, 24, just getting hammered every night. Yeah. And mixing bands. Yeah, you think It's like thinking, living the
1: dream. Sure, sure. Sure. And hoping it didn't end. Yeah, you know, I can do this forever. You know, my whole career, would just be doing this.
0: Yeah, which is not. I mean, you can do it. I know guys that that did take that path and continued to, you know, they're fifty, 50, 60 year old sound guys and they're still yeah. just drinking every night and, and living it up. But, uh, yeah, I had to. I had to stop. I was getting bad. It was. It was out of freaking control. Your body's supposed to tell you.
1: Yeah. That, you know, this isn't
0: good. You gotta slow down or whatever oh yeah I was blacking out every night and still driving home like an <laughs> really? idiot yeah I, I was thankfully I never got a DUI or anything question. yeah never never really uh, I, I, I was able to stop before it really fucked up too much I mean it did fuck up some things, some things in my life then but uh I got out of it soon enough to where yeah. I was able to recover from it and really realize the folly of my ways. I was right. bad. Not, not that everybody should quit drinking. I just, some, you know, like me, I was, I like to, I'm genealog- an all or nothing kind of cat. Right. So right. it was a lot of fun, and I'd take it too far every friggin' night. So
1: do you, do you not drink at all now? Or,
0: or Yeah, you- no, not at all now. It's, it's good. Ten, almost 10 years in September, man. Well, that's great. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, it was, uh, and I, I love it. I was gonna, I was gonna, uh, like the whole way to this ten year mark coming up in September. I was always like, once I hit ten years, that'll I'll prove my point to myself, and I'll establish self control, and I won't drink anymore. Right. And now that the, it's right around the corner, and it's just like, uh, you know, in the back of my head, it's like, well, you said you can drink after ten years, and I'm just like not interested
1: right right <laughs> like, you don't crave it or anything anymore do you no not really that's man good. that's
0: It's good. Really. you probably
1: feel better oh yeah feel i feel, feel great energy man. and
0: work out every day and uh eat healthy and and you know try that's to great. stay stay clean man and it's it's totally the fu- it's the way to do it man for me personally not right. for everybody you know i definitely don't want to be that preachy guy right who uh right. tries to convince people to be sober or anything like that
1: that's ridiculous man. Yeah, it's each person has to to do it for themselves. They have to make their own decision what's, yeah. you know, come to their own. Cuz I am mean, a drinker but I I don't I don't get drunk every time I drink, but I'm a consistent drinker, you know what I mean? Like like when I get off work, uh I have to have a drink. You know, yeah. I, mean? I have to have a glass of wine. And, and but most of the time it's with food. You know, I have my meal after work or whatever and I have a glass of wine or two or three, but there's, usually it's always with food. But um, I just don't like the hangovers anymore, so I really don't – I try not to get drunk anymore. I try – and, like, if I drink, like, beer, I'll get full before I get drunk. But but I just like – I like the taste. I like the taste of it. I like the taste of beer. I like the taste of wine, you know. But – Yeah, I used to love – I even still –
0: very – very occasionally, I'll still have like a non-alcoholic every once in a while. If it's like a party and everyone's drinking, you know, or whatever, yeah, I'll, I'll grab like a six-pack of non-alcoholic beer and then I'll leave those five leave five beers with my friends, yeah, and I will have like the one. Have you um, tried the Heineken 0.0? I was about to say those are bomb. Joe Rogan was drinking them on his podcast, yeah, and uh, I was doing either Buckler or Saint Pauli Girl, uh-huh. uh, which are both delicious nas. Uh, But the Heineken Zero, man, that tastes... It's probably one of the best tasting yeah, non-alcoholic beers. What I remember a Heineken to taste tasted like, uh-huh. that's what it tastes like. It tastes just like an
1: alcoholic Heineken. Because we just got those in the other day at at my bar. So we're like, let's try it, you know, because it's no alcohol, so we can drink it. Yeah, we cracked it, we drank, you know, a little sip, each of us. And I'm like, wow, that's that's a pretty good taste of Because some of those NA's taste pretty nasty.
0: Yeah, they have this weird, like, sweet aftertaste. Kind of... It doesn't taste like a beer. It tastes like you're trying to be a beer. Right. And right. it's like, I don't want something to taste like it's almost a beer. And right. I want it so. to taste like
1: beer. Yeah. What, what's funny is my buddy, uh, my buddy, Tracy Buckler, he, he used to be, he's, he's sober now too, which is great because he was a big partier and uh, he used to drink a lot, you know? And I went in his garage, he's got a big Buckler banner. Oh, that's cool. Oh, it's a non-alcoholic beer. It's yeah. not cool to have that, You're, you know, because it's your name, but it's non-alcoholic. It doesn't fit you. <laughs> so it's like the irony of that was just, you know, hilarious. But but now, now I guess it's, it's relevant now because he's sober, so. That's funny. Yeah, th- those bucklers are pretty good, man.
0: I really liked those, but... Yeah, that was always the the biggest problem too. Whenever I uh, I was trying to quit, you know, and in the the early days of it, and it was still fresh. Everyone's just like, "Oh man, th- that's bullshit! I love drinking with you. You're so much fun when you yeah. party and everything." And it's just like, nah, uh, you know. It makes it difficult for you. You know, it's almost like peer pressure. You know? Oh, it's tons of it, man, tons of it. And yeah, so it's uh, yeah, but I was sick of waking up with a hangover. I remember uh, realizing I didn't remember what it was like to wake up without a hangover at a certain point because yeah. it was just every it was because i every night i walk into work it was uh they would just hand me booze like right through the door i haven't even put my bag down yet and they're like it's jason he's an alcoholic and here's here's <laughs> booze for jason he loves booze we will make jason happy and so i was it was constant it yeah. was a constant thing in my life man until and you're at things you can't just say i'm I'm going to hold off. Right. Because then it's like every night it's like, oh, well, it's my birthday though, you know? It's always an occasion yeah. or something. Did you, did you get to
1: the point where you had to drink to feel normal?
0: Yeah, that was it. I mean, yeah. I had to drink to feel not hungover. Right. Because right. it was like I'd wake up just sloshed from the night before and just pounding headache. And usually I'd roll over and drink whatever I had passed out, like warm beer, <laughs> sitting next to my bed. Oh, just to feel like get my head straight. Just to get right. Yeah. And then I'm you like, know? okay, like let's...
1: That's why they call it a fix.
0: coffee. Yeah, exactly. Need a fix. I
1: need fix. got to fix myself. Oh, yeah. Well, that's
0: what a, uh, I guess that's what a hangover is, is um, your body is having withdrawals immediately uh-huh. from becoming addicted to the alcohol right away. It's such really? an addictive substance that you go straight into withdrawals uh, in one day of partying. Wow. Yeah. And so that's what a hangover actually is, is you going through withdrawals. That's why it fixes it right away. You have a beer right. and you're hungover. And, the dog, yeah, and you you feel great again. It's because you're you're kicking that withdrawal symptom off, right? And uh, yeah, I learned that later on, um, but that that's it makes so much sense. Yeah, sure, it's brutal, but it was a lot of fun though. I don't regret any of it, man. Hey, I'm glad I did it. That's what you do when
1: you're young. Yeah, you do it, and, and you got out of it, and you know, and, and you learn. You know, now now you can enjoy your life and be healthy and. But you got those memories. That's what you do when you're at that age. You party, um, yeah. you know. I mean,
0: yeah, I wouldn't trade it. I wouldn't trade it for anything, man. I had such a blast doing that crazy sure. ass lifestyle and living it up. And now it's just like uh, you know, since I did it, I'm not like, oh, I missed out on something, or right. I wish I could go do that, but now I'm you know, right. I'm in my mid thirties and I can't really hang like that anymore. It's no like, regrets. No regrets, man. No regrets at all. It was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. No, but yeah, man. Uh, what else is going on? <laughs> <laughs> you play with uh, you play with some pretty uh, big names as well. Uh, Frank Domino of Angel and Oz Fox Frank. of Striper, right? You do yeah. the vinyl
1: tattoo thing. Yeah, that's that was the the first um, the first band that kind of brought me back into playing again because uh, I, I lost the passion for a while, you know, and and plus I was working nights. So I'm like, and the music scene wasn't that great in Vegas for a while. So there was really nowhere to really play. Um, I didn't know any musicians or anything. Um, So, and I was working nights. So I'm like, it's pointless, you know? So um, I met my fiance back in 2011 and she was like, you know, you're a good drummer. You should be playing. I don't know, you know, and and it just so happened that... um, Somebody turned me on to Frank Domino. They're like, this guy is looking for a drummer with their band. So I called Frank, and Frank was like, I'm going to send you a set list, learn them, learn them good, and come down and we'll jam. So I went down to rehearsal place, and Oz was there, Oz Fox Striper, and Frank was there, and J.P. Michaels, and, and we played, and it sounded great. And then we started rehearsing like two, three times a week, and we started playing out, and there's a... You know, we were together for about a year, and, and then then I left to do other things, and they got another drummer, and they lasted, I think, another year after that. And then, then I think Striper got back together, and Angel started to get back together, so so they moved on and did their own thing, too. Oh, really? They um, guys aren't doing that no more, huh? No. That band, I think, only, last, only lasted a couple of years, and it's because Striper wasn't doing anything. Yeah. They were, like, in a hiatus, and Angel was done. And then um, as soon as we... Kind of broke that band up. The opportunities came along for for Striper again, and uh, so they got back together. And they went back in the studio. I think they released like two or three albums since then. Because this was uh, 2012, uh, I was with them for 2012 to, to 2013. Okay, and they lasted maybe another year after that, and then that's when all the other guys started doing their own thing again. So it was fun though. There's there's on YouTube there's some really cool videos of me playing with them. And uh, we rehearsed a lot, so we were we were pretty tight as a band, and, and uh, we sounded great together. Oz is just a, an amazing guitar player. Oh yeah, you know he makes it so easy to play with him because he's so, you know, he's just a very uh, uh, aggressive type player, and you can lock I could lock in with him very easily. You know, JP was a great bass player too, so it was e- easy for me because they were already rehearsing together, the three of them. And I think they went through a couple drummers, so when I slid in, they were already tight as a unit so I just locked right in with them it was easy you know yeah there was a hell of a band I mixed you guys a bunch of times yeah and, uh, you were there, and, uh, uh.
0: Yeah. and Frank Domino is an amazing singer man I absolutely mean, some crazy and you guys would do like Deep Purple and stuff like that Yeah, you know, Highway Star yeah I remember that specifically because I was like is he
1: really about to do Highway yeah. Star yeah and Dio he would nail Dio too oh yeah um, it's funny because I remember one time him and Oz came over at my house and I was using my V drums and we we're having a quiet practice, like, you know, cause neighbors and stuff. And Oz had a small amp and I had the V drums and I had an amplifier, so you could control the volume. And Frank didn't even, he didn't even sing through a mic. He was just singing in the room and yeah. it was like, like, he was blasting just the power of his voice. And I'm thinking, man, how much of my neighbors can hear him singing, you know, five houses <laughs> down. So yeah, he, he's very powerful and a great guy. You know, him and Cindy, I love me, my girl and I, we, we uh, go over there for Thanksgiving and stuff to Sydney's house. They're really cool people. They're very nice people. So
0: Oh, yeah. And Oz, too, man. Oz, Oz is a really too. great guy. And JP's Absolutely. a great guy. That was a killer band.
1: Yeah. Uh, you guys were awesome, man. Thank you. Thanks a lot. It was a lot of fun, too. You know, it's just, just this town. It's, everybody gets distracted. There's so many other things going on that it's hard to keep a unit together, you know. It really is, man.
0: Yeah, it really is. I uh, I had a few projects myself in town, and uh, you know they, they last a few years, and then it kind of just disintegrates. Right. There's only a couple projects out there that really have been around for friggin' ever, man. Right. You know? And uh, yeah, the, the other thing is, there's so many so many talented people that they end up having to go to other things, either yeah. a show in town or back on the road with their old band that they're famous for, and yeah, uh,
1: it's kind of crazy, man. People just you know, too many opportunities, I guess, and there's, and, and there's so many musicians in one area that there's always people starting a new band or, or need, like, subs, you know, like, hey, like, somebody just asked me today, you know, I need a drummer for for this day. Can you do it? It's, like, it's great when those when those those opportunities come along, you know, because it keeps you working, but, um, yeah, Vegas is a, is a cool place for, for music. And I think it's gotten a lot better over the years. You know, cause like when I moved here in 1995, there was nothing, there was no music scene. There was, I mean, there was, um, remember Pinkies? Did you ever hear of Pinkies? I think that was just a little before my time. Yeah. It was like a, it was a, a bar restaurant, but they had live bands and like, like the original quiet riot played there. Oh, like, wow. Like, you know, not the original, but, but you know, the mental health lineup, you yeah. know, Risarzo, Carlos Cabazzo, but, um, they played there and stuff so it was a really cool place but it didn't last that long there was a place called the Palladium I saw Skid Row there in 95 that was right towards the end of their you know before Sebastian left Yeah. so there was a couple places but for the most part there really wasn't a music scene here you know, it was a lot of lounge bands and stuff so it's gotten a lot better over the last 20 years or whatever
0: yeah hopefully um, hopefully as they are coming out of the, the pandemic and I know a lot of venues ended up shutting down uh, because of it, yeah. which is expected, you know, I'm am really glad to hear that that Vamp is still open. Me too. That was such a great venue for the local scene. <laughs> Absolutely. And, uh, yeah. and like new places like Rockstar Bar uh, and Grill on Las Vegas Boulevard, they're opening right. up and providing a similar style environment for the rock for and roll community. Play. Yeah. And I know I've been doing the dive bar. I did a bunch of uh, remodeling for the dive bar's sound system. It's one place I so, haven't been in yet. Yeah. It's uh. It's a rough you know, crazy place, but uh it's my favorite it's my favorite bar. Is I it? I don't drink and
1: I'll still go hang out at Die Bar. I gotta check it out. I have to get down there. Yeah. Vamped is still my favorite. I like Vamped.
0: It's a great place, man. Yeah. Good food and, you know, fantastic system, fantastic stage, fantastic people.
1: It's got a great vibe
0: too. Yeah, it, it does. Know? And it's nice that they keep it running like that. I know right. uh that place has got a it's a huge overhead kind of thing to keep that place alive and uh I know they're not, they're not breaking in dough over there, and, and I'm surprised and they, they made st- it through. They still keep it open.
1: Yeah, which is great because that's a great place to play. It's a great place for bands. I'm surprised they made it through the pandemic. I, you know, I'm glad they did, but it's it's you know every place must have taken a big hit.
0: Oh yeah, you know everybody did. Well, you know it's you know Danny Coker with Counting Cars and yeah and counts customs and everything is really what's keeping that place alive right. man you know he's Danny, such a cool guy too he's a great person man he's just like he is on tv you know he's yeah very laid-back normal guy you know yeah everybody used to ask me about that man they're like oh what's uh and it's like he just literally walks on camera and it's, it, that's that's who that's he is him. that's Absolutely. him being himself he's just a really generous nice dude yeah so thankfully he was able to keep that place afloat i was worried about that bar because uh that's a great place for the, for the Las Vegas like Absolutely. local music scene as well as like touring bands to be able to come through, yeah. And hopefully we see some other venues coming out. I know, uh, I know, I got a big PA ready to go to Do go pushing it, put in a spot, yeah. Um, that w- I was talking when the when everything like when everything shut down, I was actually invested in a small club downtown that we were going to start doing stuff, and uh, and we never got a show off, but uh, yeah. I, I was I had all the equipment, and I kept it all so that I could put it in a new spot or if that club ends up opening back up. Right. But, uh, yeah, anything to keep the... There's so many good, talented musicians out here, man. So for sure, got to keep that scene alive.
1: You definitely wouldn't have a shortage of, of bands or people that want to play there if you open a place. There's going to be a lot of people ready to go. Oh yeah. Um, whatever happened to? Um, do you remember Backstage Bar and Billiards? Yeah, that tr- uh, Triple Bs, right? Is what they yeah. would call it. Yeah. What happened to that place? That place is
0: actually wor- it's it's operating. It was really? operating even before like the restrictions were lifted. They found a way to get through around by having private events. Okay. So like, I was downtown with some friends, showing them around, and uh, and I couldn't believe I heard live music coming out of that place. Yeah. And I tried to get in, and they were like, you had to be on like a private thing from right. Facebook, and you had to show up with your COVID test results, and they were, like, okay. they were jumping through so many friggin' hoops yeah. to put live music on. But they were able to make it through as well. You gotta give them credit for, so, for doing that, yeah. Yeah, and I think they have, um, what's his name? Is it Car- Big Daddy Carlos, I think, or something like? Is it is involved with that? Okay. And he's got, you know, he's got. He's one of those guys that's got money to back the place even through tough times. Right. I think that's what it really takes. So they're still
1: they're still having bands play there and stuff right now.
0: Yeah, I'm pretty sure they're still rocking as we
1: speak. I can look yeah. it up real quick. Uh, sure. And yeah, that was a Place had a great dressing room. They gave us like a whole floor. I remember the dressing room being really. Big and accommodating.
0: Yeah, I like that dressing room over there, man. It was uh, I, we had some good times. We uh, played there as Cracker Man. Yeah. Oh yeah. Enjoyed that dressing room quite a bit with some of our buddies. Yeah. So yeah, no, they got tickets. Uh, Circus Sick. I can pull this up on uh, on the thing here. Boom. So Circus Sick, BTBAM. Uh, Between the Berry to me. Okay cool and then just announced so yeah they got there's like three shows right there okay yeah it looks like a comedian oh I like comedy shows I don't even go check that out so right on good to know that they're still still operating here's the little front page for them there yeah backstage so yeah and if any other venues pop up man I definitely like to keep keep everybody posted on what's going on I don't know if like places like the Cheyenne, I I think that probably Cheyenne Saloon? I don't know if that's still open or not, I haven't heard anything about the Cheyenne Um, I haven't heard, I think uh, I know um, what was it on Fremont Street uh, off of the, off of Fremont Street though, it was um, then there was another venue over there though it was like a smaller bar with an outdoor venue that was like on like 11th Street or something like that in Fremont um, I never, I never really went over there, but that was a big place that everyone was playing. And I know they shut down as well.
1: Is, the, was um, the Cheyenne Saloon the same as, um, Adrenaline? Yeah. Adrenaline same venue, Cheyenne. right? Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I guess it would be Adrenaline now. They
0: I don't know if they survived the, the pandemic or not, but, I'm not uh, sure I know we lost a, we lost a lot of venues, so and it's good to see people coming back and, and, and hopefully we get some new venues around town and,
1: right, you know. Well, I can, I can tell you just because I've been back to work at Mandalay over the last couple of weeks, and, and it's been busy. You can tell people are ready to get out and ready to party. Oh, yeah. Everybody's, you can tell they've been cooped up, and it's been super busy. People are spending money and drinking, and so that's been my observation over the last couple of weeks. So that's a good sign, I guess, for, for Vegas, you know oh
0: people are dying to get out of their houses yeah. the first big show we did at Dive Bar it was the whole parking lot was full of people and you couldn't walk through the bar I mean really? it was just yeah it was just so many freaking people there that it just it was overwhelming yeah uh, it's great to see that response
1: yeah same thing with the other night it vamped uh, with the Sensitivity Kiss show it was, it was packed yeah you know, it stayed packed all night sometimes it thins out as the show you know towards the end of the, the night but it, it stayed pretty packed the whole night so that was it was really cool to see that well awesome
0: well I think that's been about an hour yeah we were we are at an hour mark and so and I want to keep it under an hour if I can I know last week I went a little over so uh This has been a great time, man. I'm yeah, I appreciate you, you me.
1: asking me to do this. It
0: was a lot of fun. Dude, it was my pleasure, man. You've been a fantastic guest. I'm talking about Star Wars and Kiss. It, I mean, it you don't know, get any you're, better than that. You don't <laughs> got to pull my leg to talk about Star Wars <laughs> and Kiss, bro.
1: And <laughs> drinking and. Yeah. Uh, and and this studio, your studio is amazing, man. Well, thank I, you I very gotta much. Say it's, it's really, really cool.
0: Yeah, well, we are open for uh, business, you know, we do records, we do, you know, music videos, we do all kinds of stuff, man, so... uh, You can
1: record a whole band here, right, with the the V-drums and everything, and...
0: Yeah, I got the the V-drums, I got the, you know, 88-key keyboard, and I got a... Awesome. There's a a ton of, uh, you know, professional instruments, basses and guitars, and...
1: All kinds of stuff all through the house, man. And it's funny because some people say, "Oh yeah, I got a studio in my house." You go there and it's a computer, you know. with yeah. it's like, dude, this is this is a studio. This is a real studio, so it's it's very cool. Thank you, man. Yeah, we got dude. All the like all the acoustic
0: material was pulled out of uh, Digital Insight Recording Studios. Okay. Uh, when I remodeled that place forever ago and. I love that place, too. That's a cool place. Yeah, I love Digital Insight, man. So, yeah, no, it's a, thank you very much, man. I, I worked really hard on getting this studio operational, and it's nice to have it back in operational in a new location.
1: Absolutely. And it's great
0: to be back doing uh, this podcast. So, uh, yeah, once again, thank you so much, Carl, thank you, for brother. Uh, coming on the podcast. And uh, this has been To the Fullest with Jason Froberg. Peace. Take care.